What's going on, Youth Ministry United, Pete's World, Universe, guys? It's been a while since I've been on the podcast, uh, but welcome. My name is Graham. I get the honor of being uh, one of the hosts or guys on this podcast, along with several other studs in the ministry world. Today, I am joined by none other, the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Bowman, what's going on, Matt? How are you doing, bro? I love that intro. The man, the myth, the legend. I love it. I'm doing well. Um, oh, you should, bro. Hold on, like a little housekeeping here before uh, we get kind of started. You, you said like Youth Ministry United, World Nation, Universe, whatever. Listen, we are worldwide. Did you know this? I do. We are. We are like, okay. So the most listens we have all time is from the United States, which makes sense. Right. But we we currently have listens in the UK. I'm going to go. Do you want me to go through every country we have listens in? Yes. I think we need to shout outs to all of them. I think we need to shout out. Even even the single listen countries. Yes. Okay. So we've got, we've got listens in the UK, Australia, Germany, Canada, the Netherlands, we've got, we've got multiple in Brazil. We've got a couple in, Pol- in Poland, which I think was Blake. All right, Poland. Because Blake was in Poland. You remember that? I don't know if you remember that. That's all right. We're going to count them. Go for Blake it. Was Poland, so, uh, but then our single listens, we've got listens in the Philippines, uh, okay. Mexico, Sweden, Ooh. Singapore, Italy, yes. Serbia, Hong Kong. Come on, Hong Kong, Ukraine, Thailand, and Ghana, bro. Come on. What? We are all over the place. We're worldwide. <clears throat> Dang. Come on, Jesus. Shout out, shout out to our listener in Ghana. I don't know who you are, but. You're thank awesome. You. Thank you. Thank you for being in Ghana. Thank yeah, you so much. Might have been that was That's awesome. In Ghana. But whoever it was, thank hey, you. That's awesome. You can look. Did you ever think that we would be worldwide? Did you? No, I didn't. Honestly, like I kind of right. I kind of maybe expected a little bit, like the UK, Australia. That kind of makes sense. Canada, but like some of these other countries, I'm looking at. I'm like, wow. Like Germany. Not that there's not youth pastors in Germany. Shout out to you, youth pastors in Germany. But like, I did. I wouldn't have expected. Right. Right. No, I agree. A couple of these others make sense, but like uh, Netherlands, Brazil, Poland, Philippines, like, man, crazy. That's awesome. It's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. It is. It is awesome. It is awesome. We've got a couple of, we've got a couple other housekeeping things, uh, bro. Like for real. You, you, you used to live in LA, right? I did. Yeah. Right. Lower Bama. Yeah. That's right. And you just recently moved. I did. I did. I moved somewhere. Yes, I did. You moved, you moved, moved some, where, where, where somewhere. is that? <laughs> well, I just, I'll start it off. What this is your, way. This what is your address? My, <laughs> it is. Uh, no, I have moved to a place where I'm currently looking out of the window at this powdery white ice snowy <laughs> stuff. Yeah, it's something that we're not used to in Alabama. Um, But no, uh, in all seriousness, my family 
um, we just moved all the way from lower Alabama to Greenwood, Indiana, which is just outside of Indianapolis, uh, to take on a, our first full-time student ministry role um, at a church. Yeah. That's great. Shout out to Greenwood. And you, what? Right. Shout out to all my Greenwood peeps. And, 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 and then yes. hold on now, because we're talking about me. We got to talk <laughs> about you. Because right. I think something happened with you, too. Talk, didn't you, you used to live somewhere and you moved, didn't you? Yeah, not quite the move that you made from down south to up north with, with us. But, like, I, I used to live in Cincinnati, Ohio, right? And I moved to Springfield, Ohio to take on uh, my first full-time student ministry role. So, yeah, really excited. I just started as when this podcast releases, um, as of, like, today, when you guys are listening, all of you listeners out there in Ghana um, are listening to this, I started, like, to like not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. So that's awesome. Wow. It's like super fresh, right? It's awesome. You fresh in this thing. Freshy. I mean, I can't say anything. I'm, I'm on like week three here. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Week three. Yeah. Yeah. We're in this thing. We're fresh. And, and, uh, and, and it's funny that that's both happening with both of us um, because the topic that we're going to cover today makes perfect sense for the journey that we're currently on. So what we're going to talk about, Matt, uh, is, and for all you guys listening to our Ghana listener, hey, you know what? If you're the listener from Ghana, we would like you to send us a DM on Instagram um, or on, yep, on Instagram. And yeah. then uh, if, you, if you do that, we will send you some merch. I will pay for it. So That's I just right. need you to send us, yeah. if you send us a message, gone a listener, you will have merch. I will Actually, get it you, to you. You know what? You know what? Let, let's open this up to all our like global listeners. Then I'm I think not that's talk- good. I think that's a good one. I'm not talking like we're going to buy all of you t-shirts, but like I've got uh, a plethora of wristbands. Um, there you go. Can, you know, I've got some Youth Ministry United uh, like rubber wristbands that we'd love to give you. And if you can guess, if you can guess my birthday. the color of Matt's current T-shirt that he's wearing right now, you'll get a T-shirt. There it's you go. The, That's it. One the, it's one of the colors in the rainbow. That's there you go. That's good. I think that that's it. I think that's a great hint. That gives you a one in seven shot. Is that right? Roy G. One, Bib, right? Is that, what it, is that the, the acronym? Yeah. You are asking the wrong guy. I'm in student ministry because I R- couldn't do anything R- else. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> R-O-Y-G-B-I-V. The yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Red, indigo. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Yeah. Boom. One of those seven Look at you, smarty pants. Gosh, you're smarty pants. That's right. That's right. But anyway, so the topic that we're going to cover today is creating a culture of buy-in. And I tell you what, we are so pumped to talk about this because the implications it can have if you have buy-in in your student ministry. Uh, you're talking much more favor. You're talking much, uh, much more ability, much more volunteers. I mean, you're talking... And I don't even know if that's grammatically correct, but you're talking so many more opportunities that can uh, be afforded 
just by having buy-in so and creating that uh, as a culture. And, 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 and honestly, I'll say this is in the research on this is the, the top churches and the top ministries in the U.S. at least, and probably the world are the ones that have done the best job at creating a culture of buy-in for those that serve with them. Uh, because right. when you have buy-in, you have, you have everything you need. Wouldn't you agree, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I, I think, uh, having that buy-in is important. Um, I, I mean, stepping into a new role, um, and not, not even stepping into a new role. This could go for anyone in youth ministry that might be, you know, considering making a change or, um, going with a new vision or, or mission as a church or, or youth ministry, whatever it may be, any, any change that you make, uh, requires some buy-in from people. So. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited to talk. And about I would this. say even, even if you're not changing anything and you're just trying to get more people to volunteer or serve in your ministry, right. I can Great. guarantee if you're struggling with that, you don't have buy-in. Right. And, and that's what you need. You need people to see what you're doing and why it benefits them. And that's when I want to go first. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's jump right into this. We'll jump right into this. So if we're talking about buy-in, we're talking about, uh, let's say, specifically getting buy-in. First of all, let's say buy-in from your leaders and your volunteers uh, that mm-hmm. serve in your student ministry. Uh, as a guy who's three weeks in or four weeks or something like that into this new role over here in Indiana, uh, for great students at Grace Assembly of God, shout out, shout out, shout out. Uh, one of the things that I've been super focused on, uh, just in these few weeks and has been my main goal is to create buy-in from the leaders that were already there. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, one of the most detrimental things that could have happened with me is I could have stepped in here, not done that and lost the leaders that were already there, already passionate, already serving, already giving time. Um, the, the best thing I can do is get buy-in from them and not just for me, but for the sake of my students. Uh, so let's talk about student, let's talk about serve, uh, servers or volunteers or uh, leader buy-in first. Um, Matt, uh, you know, you're jumping into the role that you're in now. Mm-hmm. You just got there. You know, obviously there's been people that have been at that church for years and have served in your ministry that you are jumping into lead for years. So the, you know, the unique situation that we find ourselves in is we are the new people on the block, yet we are the head honcho in this ministry, in the student world at the church. What would you say uh, for you moving forward is one important uh, component to getting this buy-in? What's one thing you're doing with leaders and volunteers in the student ministry to try and create buy-in? Yeah. Uh, one of the things I'm doing right off the bat, man, I'll tell you is trying to, uh, really connect on a personal level with all my leaders that I've got under me right now. Right. Um, whether that be, uh, at, at church, having a, having a one-on-one conversation with them, uh, just it really investing my time in conversation with them. Um, I I've reached out to all the leaders already and started to schedule meetings with them one-on-one for coffee or lunch. Um, I think it's, I think it's important to be upfront with the communication. Um, you, you know, I, I, people are scared of change. I think, um, uneasy with change, maybe not, maybe not necessarily scared of change, but there are some people who are uneasy when it comes to change. I think all of us to an extent, um, 
when it comes to a change, especially of a magnitude like this, when someone new is coming in, uh, get a little bit like, well, who, who is this person? What is, what is this person all about? Um, you know, not really knowing the person, I think it's important to create that rapport right off the bat. Um, and, and here's, and here, yeah, right. And here's the thing too. Um, I think with, with change like this comes an, comes an opportunity for people that may not be as fully invested in volunteering to kind of create a natural off ramp for them. So here's what I would say to any, here's what I would say to anyone that's going through, you know, maybe you're a new guy stepping in at a church or, 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 whatever, whatever it may be. Um, don't Maybe get discouraged. you're just trying to create better culture. Right. Don't get discouraged if there's turnover among leaders because automatic, like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's new people, you know, with, with change comes, I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. With change comes change. <laughs> right, right. Like, I don't even know how else to put it. Like with, with change comes opportunity for people to, to question what, what's going on. So I, I think, agree. I think it's important to create that buy-in right away. Um, I think it's important to hit the ground running and, uh, and, and really connect with the leaders, really connect on that personal level with leaders. Um, yeah, I like that. I like what you're saying is that the, the, the best thing to do first is to connect connect with them on a real level. Cause I think a lot of the times as pastors, as student leaders, maybe we're viewed at a, in a different eye uh, coming in. And, and, and I think the best thing you can do is show them that you're a real person, you know, um, right. you know, that you like sports or you like shoes or you like this style of clothing or, you know, you dread going to Walmart like everybody else in the world, um, you know, all the things that make you human, uh, because I feel like that is going, that is the thing that will get, that's the first thing that's going to get you buying is, is them knowing that you're not just in here to change everything, make everything harder and leave them hanging, you know? Right. And two, I think, I think it's important to be upfront and open and honest in your communication with them. Um, if you're, I, I think, I think some people fall into the trap of thinking, someone new's coming in. So automatically there's going to be change taking place. That may be the case, but not all the time. And it might not even be big change that's taking place. It might be small changes implemented here and there. Um, right. But I think it's important for leaders to be made aware that uh, their opinion matters, their input matters. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I'm trying to make these contacts with leaders right off the bat is I want to, you know, I'm on the same team as them. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to completely disregard any input they give and and go off and do my own thing. Like we are on the same team and I think it's important to be upfront, open, honest in that communication with them that, Hey, like your, your input is really valued here in our ministry. Yeah. So, yeah. And I like what you're saying there because, and then on the other side of that is they have been there longer than we have. In, in, in our, in our case, they have, and, and that, that shows that you are not, you're there to learn. You know, I want to learn, um, you know, I want to learn the pace. I want to learn your, your concepts, what you think works. You know, I think that all works in a new setting, 
And then, right. and then I would say maybe in a, in a setting that you've been in a while and you're just trying to create a healthier culture. Um, and I know this is going to be counterintuitive to a lot of ministry models or ideas that maybe you guys or listeners out there or myself included have been taught because we're taught once you get volunteers, you better hold on to them. But I'm going to say this is one of the best ways you can create a healthy buy-in culture from people is by eliminating the toxin, the toxins and the toxic people right. that are in your, that are serving at the time. Because, and here's why I'm not saying that that person can't be redeemed or changed or helped. But what I'm saying is a lot of the times, uh, you, your, your high level leaders, your high level volunteers will not buy in as long as there's somebody who is toxic standing in the way. Uh, you know, and I think the Bible makes that clear is just a little bit of yeast just a little bit can make that dough rise. And so the last thing you want to do is have just, you know, that one toxic person that's in there spreading things because that's going to shut you down quick. And and I'm not saying going in there and, 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 you know, pull uh, the apprentice, Donald Trump, the apprentice and go, you're fired. Don't, don't do that. But find out who those people are and begin to be firm on what, what you want and what's not going to fly because they will disqualify themselves. You won't have to let them go. They'll, like we were talking about earlier, is change brings change. If you will stay firm to what you want and the culture that you're trying to create and that buy-in that you want, those people will eventually walk off because you stand firm. Right. Um, so that's, that's one I think would be really good to do. Uh, whether you're coming into new or you've been there for a while, uh, sometimes we have to put our foot down and, just let people know that this this area and this ministry this 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 culture is not for them um and and not leaving them out to dry but you know help them find their next step maybe that's a uh maybe that's time in the altar with jesus i don't know you know i I don't know but you know i think eliminating those that unhealthiness is is going to help because let's just be honest uh to have a culture buying you have to have a healthy culture um, and in order to have a healthy culture, you have to be very intentional because if we're honest, people in general, we are not healthy naturally. That is something that the Lord does for us. So, right. uh, you know, removing that. So, Matt, let me ask you this. So let's say you've met with your leaders. You've got to know them, uh, whether you're just getting in there or you've been there forever. Sometimes if you've been there forever, you will shock the people that serve with you if you text them, invite them out to coffee. I imagine there's some people that you guys haven't taken out to coffee in 10 years and you need to take them out to coffee. Uh, so I highly recommend that, but let's say you've done that, right? You're meeting with them, uh, and and you're finding out what they, you know, like, you know, you're, you're finding out about them or, or what is the, you know, the information. Tell me some of the things you're asking. Tell me some of the things that you're gathering from them in these, in these one-on-ones that's going to help create that buy-in. Yeah. I, I mean, I think one of the things, I'll be honest, shout out to, uh, um, Justin Knowles. Okay. Justin Knowles, um, out at Sandals church. If you're not familiar with Justin Knowles out at Sandals, get familiar with him. Um, I think, you know, I was at a breakout of his at national youth working convention and this for a later episode as well. So I'll, I'll touch on it just briefly. Um, because I believe Justin Knowles might be on our podcast. <laughs> not, not, not speaking too soon, not speaking too soon. Hopefully Justin, if you're listening, um, you're on our podcast at some point. Um, I've been in communication with him, but anyway, um, 
I was at a breakout of his and he suggested there, there's a list of about eight to 10 questions. He asks all his leaders when he first meets with them. Um, and it goes through this list of questions. One of the things I really like to ask the leaders is what do you have to offer to our youth ministry? And here's why, because they all have something to offer. And if you don't ask them what they have to offer, they might not step up and choose to offer what they have to offer to your youth ministry. Um, so I think it's important to ask that question of your leaders. What, what is one thing that you can bring to our youth ministry? You might find out that, um, you're, re- you're really awful at planning, uh, for retreats and you might find out from one of your leaders that they are great at organiz- organization. That might be a great person to bring on board during planning of retreats to help you organize things. Right. So I think it's important to oh, ask yeah. that leaders like that, that in and of itself, that question in and of itself, I think can start creating that culture of buy-in because you're saying, listen, I can't do this all on my own. What can you bring to the table? So um, that's one of the questions he asks, and uh, I'm not going to get into the rest of that, but really good stuff, man. Well, I think that's good. No, and I, I think that's good because a lot of people, and I think it's human nature, is we're going to talk about ourselves. So if you ask me what I have to offer, I will gladly tell you what I can right. do for you. Um, right. And that's just, and that's not bragging. That's just the way we're wired. Um, so that's good. And I, I'll, I'll add to it a question that I ask when I meet with them is, what do you want to get out of this? Right. Because my job as a leader is to resource them to be able to do what they're called to do in the ministry. But also I want to help find them make sure they're finding their fulfillment within my serve. Because a lot of times a person will quit is when they don't feel fulfilled. And it's my job as a leader to see if that can even take place. So I've asked as many as that I've met with since I've been here, I have asked them all the same question is what do you want to get out of this? What would make you walk away every Sunday night or every Wednesday night or every night that we're, whatever night it is that you guys do your ministry nights or your small groups or whatever it might be. What is it that will make you a be jumping to get here or get to the place where you're going to do ministry and b walk away feeling super fulfilled with what you're doing when your head hits the pillow at night after everything's all said and done. Um, and I tell you, it is, I feel like it's a breath of fresh air for, volunteers to be asked, you know, what, what, what can I do for you? Or what do you want to get out of this? What can I help that make that, you know? And, um, so I, you know, I recommend asking that as well. I think that's a good one too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, before we, uh, continue on with the rest of our podcast, I had a chance to sit down with, not sit down. Um, it'd be awesome if I could sit down with Blake, uh, our very own Blake Gunter. And he's been at his church for, a little over a year. Uh, so he's kind of in the same boat as us, Graham, um, in that he's had the most like recently, uh, kind of go through this whole creating a culture of buy-in in his own, in his own ministry. So, uh, let's take a listen real quick to what he had to say. All right. So I am joined now by our very own youth ministry United host, Blake Gunter. Blake, what's up, buddy? Dude. Not much. How are you guys? Dude, doing great. Um, Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's been a while, and I'm glad that you are back on the podcast today yeah. joining us. Thanks, man. 
Yeah, we always it's, love hearing, uh, we always love hearing it has been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it's, it. Dude. How warm is how warm is it out in Arizona right now? Uh, I knew you were going to ask that, right? So I was yeah. clicking on my Apple Watch because, believe it or not, I'm driving um, and recording this podcast. I was on directions. I've got like eight things going on on my phone, which is uh, not appropriate. Sixty-six degrees. It is February. Wow! Wow! Yeah, can't beat it. Yeah, it it, uh, it snowed and iced here last night, so. It's, nope. it's great. It's great. Nope. Mm-mm. Nah, we don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, quit, I quit. I quit. I quit that a long time ago. There you go. There you go. Well, Blake, <laughs> I'm excited to have you on uh, to talk about this topic. We're talking about uh, creating a culture of buy-in in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mentioned earlier that I had just recently started at a new church. Um, I just recently yes. started this this past Sunday. So um, I feel like. I feel like Bro, in what? Congratulations. Thank That's you huge. so much. Thank you. And I know it's a it's an awesome church. Um and I'm just so stoked for you. So I wanted to say that. Uh because dude, nobody deserves it more than you. That's just, that's the truth. Dude, I appreciate I know you're gonna that. kill it there. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. So um Yeah, bro. So so in any ministry position I feel like, um and I guess let me let me preface this. Um, it, it doesn't happen when only when you start a position. Like anytime you make mm-hmm. a change in ministry, uh, you have to create a culture of buy-in or um, yeah. get buy-in from your leaders, your volunteers, um, your your yep. students, your parents, your church congregation, your the staff, whatever. Um, but For I sure. think. You, I think even more so when you're first starting out in a position somewhere, when there's change of that nature. Um, you have to create a culture of buy-in pretty quickly. Um, yeah. And you, you started at your church about 18 months ago. So I kind of want to talk to you yeah. a little bit what, what your process was or, or what that kind of looked like and how you went about creating that culture of buy-in. Yeah, man. Um, so I think just kind of like everything else in student ministry, it's, it's different everywhere you're at, right? It's different um, everywhere you go. And so for us, for, for myself, I think when I came to this church, the refinery, it was, um, it's, it was in a, a good spot uh, set up by, our, by the last guy that was here. But I personally um, was offered the job in, in April and did not come until August. Now let me let me restate that I was offered the job in April, didn't arrive until August. Um, I called it my Jonah period. Um, God was leading Taryn and I, my wife, to the refinery, um, but everything else in me was saying, "Dude, it's easy uh, to be at home with family and everything like that." So um, strike one for against me in a culture of uh, like saying, "Hey, we're here." Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense. What I'm if, if if that makes any sense. But what I'm saying is, for myself and my wife, um, they were anticipating our arrival for a long time, and in that, in the midst of talking through, um, you know, what is what is going to happen? What do we expect to happen? What do we want to happen in this ministry and things like that? 
Um, there was a time that our student ministry leaders, our coaches, were running our student ministry for five months by themselves, dude. And um, with help from and guidance from our pastoral staff, they were pretty much on their own running it, right? And so when I got to my position here, dude, people were exhausted. Right. They were just downright, downright tired. Uh, and so that may be like some people's um, experience, right? Like your, your, your volunteers are exhausted. Your volunteers are tired or they are a little bit of anxiety. Like who is this new person coming in? And I think a big part of building a culture of buy-in is, is being trustworthy and being truthful with who you are. And so, um, one thing my wife is amazing at is she says, Hey, we're the Gunters and that's who we are. And that's what she says all the time. And what I love about that statement, she says, this is who we are. Uh, take it or leave it. Now we're going to, we're going to be the most loving and, 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 and Christ-like people we can be, but we're not going to change for who we people want us to be. Does that make sense? And I would say if you got hired at a church or you got hired into a ministry or, or whatever you're taking over ministry, like people put you in that leadership role because of who you are, uh, not because of who they necessarily want you to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you don't have to, I think the biggest, biggest part is there's always a comparison game, right? When you come in, um, which I would say, try your best to not ever jump into that comparison game from the old person to you. So if uh, there was a, a youth pastor and she was freaking awesome and the kids absolutely loved her, um, you know what, champion that. Because we had that, right? We've got, we had a guy that was really, really good out here and, uh, and he moved on and our kids loved him. And one thing I needed to do better was champion that and say, you know what, he did a great job in these areas and and, and – and I want to tell you, like, I, I support and completely understand, and he did a great job. So uh, does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think okay. one thing that's important to note, too, um, creating a culture of buy-in doesn't happen overnight. And No, yeah. Right. Like, so, like, when you first step in, I, I think in all reality, anytime there's change, people may not know how to navigate that change or mm-hmm. people might be tied to a person rather than, than the ministry. Or um, yeah. I think it's important also to not get discouraged when you may see turnover mm-hmm. in students or volunteers. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I think um, we came here um, and we've been, we've had the opportunity. Our church um, kind of has a weird story uh, to be honest with you. So I got here, like I said, in August, we moved into a permanent, um, you know, into a permanent, uh, facility. We were in a, uh, in a, in a strip mall and then we moved into our own campus. Um, we went from a church of probably 500 to a church of probably 3,500 in this past year. Right. And so I think one thing that our students have needed and we have set a, 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 a culture of has been consistency. You want buy-in? then there needs to be consistency. Hmm. And I think that goes with when you're starting, 
don't come in and I, and I've made this mistake in the past. Don't come in and be like, yeah, everything you do is stupid. Right. Like that's not going to help you out, bro. Right. Like that's, right. that's not going to help. And so go in and be consistent with what's going on already and be adaptable. Um, and then over time, slowly over time with your leaders, you're going to have the opportunity to implement the things that, you know, God has, has told you and is telling you to implement. And so uh, I think with, with the leaders, we, we've got to look, um, have amazing leaders. I've had amazing leaders since the beginning. Like I said, they were, some of them are just worn out and exhausted. And we've had a big leadership turnover, but part of that is saying, okay, this is, this is who we are. This is a consistency that we are going to expect. Um, are we, are we going to be here for, uh, for the right reasons? And, um, and buy-in does take a long time and that comes with those relationships and that consistency with our, our, our leaders and our coaches and our sponsors or volunteers as well, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Blake, I have one, one other thing quickly I want to touch on. Um, yeah, man. You said you've been there for 18 months. Um, is it still something you are trying to kind of cultivate in your ministry, even 18 months in? this, this culture of buy-in. And I, I think w- one other note that I've, I've, I've got real quick, um, the art of communication, I think is key in creating mm-hmm. this culture of buy-in. Um, you want, you want to oh, yeah. be upfront in your communication with people, uh, so they know what is going on. So, mm-hmm. so, so real quick, just kind of oh. what are your thoughts on that? And then, um, kind of 18 months in, are you still kind of trying yeah. to create culture? Oh, dude, 18 months in, I feel like I'm just starting to create culture, right? The culture of buying. I feel like, I feel like we are, um, we're starting with what's really cool is we've got, and we've had from the very beginning, a really, really good group of students. Um, and I'm so thankful for that. But now 18 months, almost two years in, we're starting to see what I call, um, a new student group. We're starting to see the kids that, um, that are coming in a different way and are, um, are interacting with our old student group. And so together you have our old experiences and our new experiences. And we don't want those to be, uh, we don't want those to be separate. We want them to be together and we want one, one cohesive group. And I think that's what we've been working on and what I've been really, really grinding over and really on my knees in prayer is that cohesiveness, right. Um, from, from the old student ministry ways, to, to what's going on now. And so that is like, it's been 18 months and I'm just now getting to a student leadership group to a student leadership, uh, uh, council or whatever you want to call it. So I'm just now recruiting six to seven really good student leaders. Um, because I, we need to see buy-in. We need to see their, we need to see the fruit too. Right. And so, um, that takes a while because I don't know these kids as much as, uh, as somebody else had. And so that 18 months has taken a while. Um, and, and so I would say with the art of communication, dude, I, uh, I am a classic over communicator too, though. Um, if that makes sense. So I will, I will, I will be stoked about what is coming up in the future to the point we're having our leader and coaches meetings. And maybe I will say something that they didn't need to know that they don't need to know on the horizon, uh, because it 
they don't need to worry about it or they don't need to honestly sometimes i don't need their input on it does that make sense uh yeah. because because i know that if i get 100 different inputs then i'm just going to be all jacked up because the only input like i'm going to really need are those are those confidants that i've got really really close to my lead coaches uh, my admin assistant who is absolutely killing it and um my leadership in church because if I if we bring too much in, if we if we communicate too much, um, we'll get we'll get a whole lot of opinions and you're gonna you're not gonna please everybody. You know what I mean? So but I do think but I do think putting out there in front of them in a culture of on the culture of buy in that situation, we've gotta communicate um we've gotta communicate and keep in front of them the important things that they need to know the important things that you need to know. You're hired to be the leader um, because, you know, you need to know everything. Not everybody needs to know everything. Um, But you need to communicate and make sure that people know the important things that they do need to know. And they're going to buy in if they feel comfortable and feel like they're being led in a good way through good communication as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Blake, I love it. I love it. You are uh, you are a rock star, bro. <laughs> Seriously, I love you, dude. Dude, I don't know if I'm a rock star, but I appreciate that. No, no you I do. Was, you do some great things. I, you do some great things in ministry. I love the, the voice that you bring to this podcast. Um, just the the perspective you bring, the the stuff that you are doing in your your ministry. I love it, man. It's awesome. Well, dude, I appreciate you. I think the same way of you and all the dudes. I mean, it's just fun to be able to have so many voices and so many different ways of doing things on one, one show. So dude, I appreciate and love you. Congratulations on the new job. Yes, sir. Killing it. Appreciate it, man. Put on a coat, put on a coat. Stupid call. No. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us, dude. We love you. Love you, man. We'll talk to you awesome stuff from our very own Blake Gunter. Blake, man, he's been at his church for 18 months and man, just him communicating that whole thing about uh, even 18 months in, he's still creating a culture of buy-in among leaders and students. Um, It's like, it's almost like a never ending thing. Really. You got to create buy-in on almost a consistent basis. So real good stuff. Wow. That's good. No, and I agree. I, I, I like that. Con- I like that idea or just that, that idea alone is that this is not going to happen over night. It is something that you will be working on containing, mm-hmm. you know, as, as long as you're really serving in that, in that role, you know, but I think, I think the key thing that, that as far as value goes, that I think our listeners you know, really need to know is, you know, are those things is a, it's not going to happen overnight, you know, B it's not going to happen because you alone, uh, want it to, you have to have your leaders on board with you. Um, and I, you know, I've always, I've heard it this way too. And and I want you speak to this uh, here for a second, but I've heard this is that you should always model the change that you want to see. You know, that song, Michael Jackson, I'm looking at the man in your you know that song? 
Dude, that's awesome. I did not know we were gonna, <laughs> I did not know that we were gonna get some Michael Jackson sung on this podcast. Oh, I we might Spirit, have I to didn't put know that, <laughs> the Holy Spirit. We might have to put that in our podcast title for this for this episode, man. That, um, that's awesome. Some Michael awesome. Man, the <laughs> man. That's what our title is going to be for this podcast. It should be, and if it's not, <laughs> oh man, that's funny. But anyway, no, seriously though, no, we have to model the change of room. I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. Well, <laughs> so the whole idea of that part of that song is you want to be the change you want to see in the world, right? So right. it's the same is true for us in our ministries. If we want to create a culture of buying, or we want to create a healthy culture, or we want to create anything in our our ministry. We have to model that. So here's 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 my thing, and, and I'm going to say it, and I'm going to and I'm going to say it now. Some student pastors listening to this podcast will, are sitting here. They got and they have beef with their senior pastor. They don't. And listen, I'm not saying you got to agree with everything he says, uh, but there's beef there. And I want to go ahead and tell you right now, squash the beef because the best way to create buy-in in your ministry is that you have buy-in into the one you're serving under. Because at the end of the day, our job is not to have a siloed ministry. Our job is to have a ministry that functions underneath the vision of the church as a whole. And so if you aren't bought into your pastor's vision, you cannot expect your leaders to be bought into yours. It will never, ever, ever happen. And I'm not saying you have to agree with everything they say, because that's never going to happen. But you do have to have honor and buy-in for what they're trying to accomplish. Because I was, I was told this way when I was in school is when you're a student pastor or you're an associate pastor or you're not the lead pastor, that means God has called you there to serve the vision of that church, of that senior pastor. And so if you can't be bought into his vision, can't expect people to be bought into yours. So if, so if, I'm, if I'm giving a piece of advice uh, to, to end my section of pieces of advice, it would be, Make sure you are modeling buy-in to the lead pastor because if they, if your, if your leaders, your students, and your volunteers see you bought into his vision, it's a lot easier for them to buy into yours because they see you living it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, you, you said that so well. I don't even know if I need to add a whole lot, but um, I'm kind of reminded of the whole. What What is a leadership quote like? As a leader, the people that you're leading will only go as far as you go. Is that, does that sound? Yeah. Is that accurate? You're the lid. Right. Right. You're the lid. So like you, when you create that culture of buy-in, when you're trying to create that culture of buy-in, like your leaders will only go as far as you go. So like, if you're wanting to create that culture of buy-in, you're going to need to model that. Uh, like yeah. you said, you're going to need a model that you're bought into the vision, the mission of the whole church um, as a whole. Like you can't just be like doing this thing on your own. Like, you, you know, if you are doing this thing on your own, whatever, but like, I, I would encourage you as well to, to be bought into the mission and vision of the whole church. Um, I agree. You, you, I, I think one of the, I think one of the most dangerous things you can do in ministry and and trust me, I've been there. I've been there in that position and done this. Um, I was not, uh, you know, the head, the head youth pastor was, I was a volunteer, but like, um, it, it was like competing visions. Like, I don't know that I was really bought into what was going on. And when you have competing visions, butting heads with each other, it's a dangerous place to be in. So, um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you they, be they call, uh, you know, division, 
right? The word division is division. Two right. words. Die right. means two. Two visions is division. But you can't have two heads. Two-headed monsters, no matter what they say, are, are probably not good because one wants to go the other way. you got a problem. But right. the concept remains. And, you know, and I'll say this, is some... You know, some of you guys out there listening, me, this might mean you might have to sit down and have a conversation, you know, with your pastor, repent for not being on vision and then getting on board. Or some of it might just mean you need to go to your pastor because you haven't done this in a while and go, hey, what can I do for you today? What can I do for you this week? How can I help you? Um, you know, that mean that may mean that you need to, uh, and if you can't get on vision, it may mean, it may mean that you need to seek other places that you can be on board with right because if you can't and, and listen here's the deal like i said you're not always going to agree and sometimes you may not agree with the vision and if you don't and you can't get on board with it and and it's just not working you might need to move to a next place because it's going to hurt you your family your ministry and the students that you're ministering to if you can't be on board right the last thing you want to do is call is call cause division and hurt in anything but Right. I think getting a culture of buy-in starts with us. And and I tell that my, to my leaders all the time. You know, our our key thing right now that we've been talking about over the past few weeks is, you know, we want a movement. We don't we don't want a ministry. You know, we don't want a religion thing. We don't want a service. We're not looking for a youth group. We're looking for a movement uh in a generation. And so we've been and we've been saying that we've been saying it over and over and over and over again. But one of the things I stress to my leaders is that it's not going to start with the students. It'll start with us. The students will see a movement in us and it'll carry. And it's the same thing with buy-in. It's a, and it's really the same thing with anything. When you say Matt, is that it, it, it flows from the head down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So true, man. Um, I, I think I, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's crazy. You, you, you think, wouldn't it be awesome if you could create that culture of buy-in like overnight? W- wouldn't that be great? That's like, as you thought, it would, it would be, yeah. You can flip the switch. Like Boom, flip the switch, you're like, yes, I've automatically got buy-in from my leaders. I've automatically got buy-in from my students, but man, man, it, it, it's crazy. I, I love, I love it though. Like, like that's the thing. I love a challenge. And I think just that challenge of creating that buy-in um, is crazy. It's like, exciting. It is exciting. It really is. Um, but, but you're right. It does come from the top. It's got to come from the top down. Um, you know, I think that's, I, I think that's part of the, part of how you get buy-in from your students too, is, um, right. you know, when you, when you're modeling when you, it, right. When your leaders see that you have bought in, then they buy in. And then when you're small group leaders, you know, I don't know how it works at other churches, but like our, our church specifically, like the small group leaders are the pastors of these, of these students for the most part, Yeah, you know, they're the pastors. And so when these students see that the leaders are bought into what's going on, then students buy in. So it it really is like the down to like, yeah, right. So the, the, the youth pastor, the, the paid staff member, whatever. And then it just turns yeah. right on. Oh, I agree. It's good. It flows. It'll, it'll flow. And then, and, and, and it's the true with the opposite. If you're not bought in, that flows too. Um, right. I, you know, and there's several other things that, that you could look into as far as buy-in goes. And, 
and I'll say this is, you know, we're, we're barely touching the service when it comes to culture and buying, but uh, I was doing some research for this podcast earlier and just making sure we had some value to give you guys. There's, there's several things that I can point you to, to look at as well outside of this uh, episode uh, with some other guys that you can look into, uh, you know, Patrick uh, Lincioni, he's got a book called the advantage. It's a great book to read about culture. Anley Stanley has a two part leadership podcast called defining your organization's culture. Uh, that would be a great one to jump on and listen to. Uh, and then Craig Rochelle has several ones. You could probably just go to his podcast, type in culture and get like a hundred of them. Um, you know, and, and culture's talked about a lot and because of how pivotal it is to seeing things happen, um, you know, because it is, it, it just is. But, um, so let's, let's, let's review and we'll leave it with this. And I'm sure you guys got plenty of content here and, we're, and look forward to some of these episodes we got coming up. Uh, we're going to probably have L uh, and Kenny Campbell from the grow curriculum on the podcast uh-huh. here soon. Don't know when, yeah. but we're going to get them on. Obviously uh, we're going to have several other key guys. Uh, I'm, I'm working on some stuff behind the scenes that Matt hey. don't even know about. I am too. Come on. <laughs> hey, we we got some secret guests coming, so just be just be uh, expectant to to what God has and what and some of these these tips and stuff we're going to get you guys. But in review, we were talking like, about real buy-in. Quick, real quick. Go ahead, real quick, real quick. I promise. Real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we need a part two to this podcast. Ah. <laughs> don't don't you like? I I feel like you you said it best. We are really scratching the surface of culture. Um we haven't even touched on buy-in from students. And, and I think True. you get buy-in from students let's, couldn't be totally different. And we're not even going to talk about that. So let's, let's part not even two talk. it. Let's part, part two. two. We'll part we're two that. Two. Yeah, we'll part two and we'll do like a part two, like how to get buy-in from students because I think there's like a whole nother level to that um, that we're yeah. not even touching. We, we kind of touched on that trickle-down effect, but I think there's more to it uh, that we can touch on. And I think- I you, agree. You, I'll leave them- Leave them this this little teaser on that because I think this is one on students. Is can I get buy-in from students? But y'all ready? Part we could we can do part seventy-eight because we need buy-in from parents. Yeah, this is gonna be three part. I know we just made that up in the podcast. Here we go. You're ready. You ready for this question? Can I get buy-in from students with by being their pastor and not their friend? Ooh, that's a question because a lot of us struggle with that. Should I be their friend? Should I be their pastor? I think we're going to answer it next week. Part two. Part two. Cliffhanger. Join us for part right. two. Part two. All right. So we're going uh, we, to, you've heard it from us live here on the podcast. And it's not live when you're listening to it, but it's live right now. Is yeah. This is part one. We're going to have part two. And we will have a part three. Uh, for the next one will be students four. and parents. We might. We might have a getting buy-in from your senior your, pastor. Your congregation. Oh, we're just coming up with all, Listen, you know what? Go ahead and DM us if you have, if you have any other categorical groups that you need some buy-in. Get buy-in from your community, right? We are scratching like, the surface here, guys. Do you need to get, like, do you need to get buy-in from your community? I I think you do buy in from your yeah because that would be like your schools and things like that. You need buy in from them. They need to know. Yeah. Oh, we're in it. We're gonna have. A, this is gonna be a seventy eight part plan here. 
buy-in from your pets. Like, <laughs> like, I don't even know. I like, we could, there's probably all sorts of buy-in from staff buy-in from like, there, there's so much we can talk about when it comes to culture. Um, because the so way we're looking for a 98 part series, a night, we are not doing a 98 part series. That's going to get boring. Um, never. Yeah, Transformation be. Church had a crazy bad series for like 19 weeks or something. So, well, maybe we'll we do can 19. do it. Mm-hmm. We need to go 20. We need to top them. That was the longest series I've ever heard in my life. Let's do it anyway. But um, no, I think that's good. I think uh, I think I think part this is gonna be part one, and we're, we've talked to, uh, mostly about creating buy-ins with your volunteers and your leaders right. uh, that serve in your student ministry. Uh, we've talked about uh, meeting with them one-on-one to create a rapport, uh, asking them questions about what they want to bring to the table, but also asking them questions about what we can do for them to help them feel fulfilled in ministry. We talked about, um, you know, we've talked about how it's not going to happen overnight. I know Blake touched on that. And just in the fact that he has been in the role for 18 months and he's still creating that culture of buy-in. So taking that value out, but then there's also the part about modeling the culture that you want to see. And uh, I think a lot of the reasons we may not see buy-in is because we're not bought in to our leader's vision. So step one may not be that you need to convince your leaders with your words and your meetings, but that we must convince them with our actions and with our behavior. Uh, And those are just a few things that we can do to create buy-in. Again, we've got a couple of resources you can go look at. You have the advantage by Patrick Lencioni, uh, Andy Stanley's leadership podcast episode on defining your organization's culture, pretty much anything by Craig Rochelle. Um, and Simon Sinek is good as well. He talks about the why behind the what. I think that has a lot to do with creating buy-in as people know why we're doing what we're doing, not what we're doing, what we're doing. Uh, those are some resources that you guys can check into, and those will, those will go across the board. Uh, as we continue to talk about buy-in, uh, sure. Matt, I think we, I think we've, we've stepped into a good little spot here and we might hang on it for a little bit, especially looking forward to next week for when we talk about getting buy-in from your students. You've been in your ministry for a while. You don't seem to have any buy-in from your students. What can we do to get that? You just got to your ministry. You need to get buy-in from students. What can we do to get that? Because the students that we're, we're pastoring, uh, mentoring, uh, leading uh, now are way different than the generation before. So what can we do to reach them? What can we do to get their buy-in? That'll be on the next episode, part two of buy-in. Uh, this one we're calling the man in the mirror, mirror because we have a special on there. So I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Matt, love doing podcasts with you, man. I cannot hey, wait man. for the next I love one. Do- Dude, I love doing podcasts with you too. Um, I, and I've got another real quick cliffhanger. Um, Do it. Question, a question to be pondering between part one and part two. Is it, is it more important to get buy-in from leaders or students first? Or, or does it not matter? Mm-hmm. Don't answer that right Hashtag now. Cliffhangers. Cliffhangers. Hashtag. Because I've got, I've got some thoughts on that. I like but it. But I'm share them right Let's now. Let's do it. Yeah. And we promise the next podcast episode will be a little bit more planned and we won't come up with a 78-part series in the middle of the podcast. But don't you love it when the Holy Spirit leads his own direction? And we, and we, sing, and we sing Michael Jackson. Yes. 
I love it. You know, love it. You gotta do what you gotta do. But man, uh, so thank you guys for tuning in. Super appreciate you guys all over the world, all over the U S because of listeners like you, we get to do what we get to do. Uh, and we're pumped to bring you any value comment, tweet, like share this, uh, on any of your podcast listening devices. Uh, and be sure, be sure, be sure, uh, to let us know if any of this content has affected you or helped you in any way. Love you guys. Until next time, we're Youth Ministry United.